Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell, and you'll get notified as I post content each and every week. Uh, I've been looking forward to having this conversation. My guest is award-winning writer, producer, and director, Damon Jamal. Yeah. <laughs> His latest film, Survival, starring Elise Neal, Demetrius Gross, and Dylan McNamara, is an intense thriller which sheds light on the problem of neglect and the perceived lack of importance when Black people are the victims of crimes. Survival premieres September 25th on Prime Video and Apple+. Plus. Damon, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on the show, Edric. It's great to great to meet you and, and great to be here. Likewise, man. Nice to meet you, too. So let's go. Let's get into it. Tell me about Survival. Uh, what motivated you guys to want to tell this intense uh, and by looking at the trailers at time, difficult story? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very intense. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the main thing is I do want people to tune in for the entertainment value. But at the same time, you got for me personally, as a as a filmmaker, I always have to put those nuggets in there. I always have to put things that make you think and I have to put, you know, situations that are really happening in the world to to make people reflect on it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like the the pill is in the pizza. You know, you hmm. eat the pizza, you think it's all good. But uh, there's a there's a there's some medicine in there for you. Exactly. And the imagery, I mean, just the sense of you don't usually see you know african-american women tied up white male there i mean that's you're going there and, and rightfully so so um, tell me about that that thought process and um was that were there some conversations around you know is this the way to go or just talk to me about that man because it's such an intense visual yeah well i mean um for sure in the writing process i wanted to take it all the way there um and then in the production process one thing that was really important was to we had a we had a huge our, our crew was a lot of, there was a lot of females on our crew mm. um and you know it was important to there was some intense moments like you said and and you know i mean when people are acting if they're good they're not really acting so at least neil is, is playing tally frugé and she winds up in this terrible situation with this guy dax lagast and the things the emotions that you see on her face are real emotions that she's experiencing. I mean, obviously it's a movie, but you know, and you and you can't ever ask an actress what their exact process is or or where the, the place they're going. But yeah, she went to an intense place and he did too, because as an actor, he's not um, the guy playing Dax the Legas, the villain in the film. Um, his, his name is uh, Dylan McNamara. He's, he's like a cool guy. He's like a normal respectful nice guy and it's completely opposite in this movie the character that he's playing is got a lot of real issues and he's got some screws loose and he does some things that um you know that are hard to watch at times <laughs> um so they both had to go to they, they both had to go to a dark place you know what i mean they both had to go to a a place that um you know that we couldn't even ask them about we just have to we just we just tell them where we need them to be and then they're going to use their process to get there. So, um, yeah, there's some there's some intense stuff. But um, that's what, you know, that's what we need. That's what people need to see. You know, I need to pull people in and I need to have you emotionally invested in what's going on. And it, it can't be you can't sugarcoat things and you can't be skipping around with this type of story. It's it's, it's an intense one. 
And I imagine to get those types of performances from the actors and the talent on the set, uh, there had to be a level of trust with you and, and the rest of the team to to get to those those places so that um, the actors are able to, like you said, bring that that intense performance. So tell me about the trust level and, and how you went about managing that so that people felt comfortable enough to just really do their thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely we had we had some long conversations before the film started, um, just during pre-production about what what I was looking for, what I expected. And even um, and then during the production, um, we had like a, a a room where you could decompress. We had a, a room where, you know, it, it you know, there was candles in there. You know, there was co- color. There was even coloring books in there. There was just, you know what I mean? To take your mind off of what was going on. So we we did have a room set up, um, you know, for people to go in there and just kind of chill out for a minute because, you know, I had these conversations with, you know, in, in particular, um, you know, Tally who, um, and, and, and Dax, those characters, they have to go to, like we just talked about, they have to go to a really intense place. And so, you know, we had long conversations about what I was expecting and about the character. And I'm the type of director where, I just want to make sure that the actor understands the character. Like once the once once the actor understands the character fully, then I then there's a trust that I give because I'm not a puppeteer. I'm not trying to oh say this line like this and say that. I mean, of course, sometimes you, you want to try a different, you know, try it a different way. But in general, once once I feel like the actor knows the character, I let them go. You know, I mean, that's why we that's why we brought them on, because they're the best person for this job, for that particular character. So I'm not trying to second guess too much. You know, I want to I want to let them let them go and, and take it to to, you know, take it all the way there without me having to manipulate and micromanage each word, each line. Um, the film was well received at several film festivals, uh, including some wins. Uh, you won best feature film at the People's Film Festival of Harlem. Uh, you also won Best Dramatic Film at the Detroit Black Film Festival. Um, talk to me about your experience with with film festivals in general, and then in particular, um, your response when you found out that your film, you know, were actually being awarded and winning, uh, which doesn't happen to most films. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, honestly, if if I'm gonna be real with you, Edric, I'm not really a big fan of film festivals. I think film festivals in general, it's like kind of a business. And, you know, they're like, oh, it's $40 a film. Cool. We just got 500,000 films. We're doing good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And a lot of times they work with the same type of people. It's who you know. You know, you know the right person. Your film's going to win. So me personally, as a filmmaker, um, you know, I, this is my fourth feature film. Um, I just like to get my film out. I want, I want, you know, like it's the film, like you mentioned earlier, it's coming out on on Prime Video, it's coming out on Apple TV, it's coming out on Google TV. It's going to be there for the masses to see. So really, that's what I'm trying to do. However, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's it's good to throw your film in a, in a couple of different film festivals and see what happens, you know. But um, and that's what we did. So in general, I would say I'm not a big fan of film festivals, but I do appreciate them. I mean, I love film festivals as a you know as a person that loves film. You know, I've, I've been to some great film festivals and seen films before they came out and and really, you know, and been able to like the Q&A with with, uh, you know, cast and crew is really interesting in general, not not even just talking about our film. Just that's a great experience 
as a person who loves cinema and as a filmmaker, like that's a great experience um, to, to take part in. But um, yeah, but in this case, you know, I, uh, you know, really what happened was the pandemic happened. And so, you know, we shot this film literally right before the pandemic. So it's been, it's been a few years. So um, the pandemic slowed some stuff down. So we finally got the film edited, ready to go. And then, so, you know, we're like, Hey, let's, let's, let's throw it out there. Let's, let's go to a few film, festi few film festivals and see, you know, what, what the people say, what, you know, what the reception is. And we entered four different film festivals um, and we got two awards, you know, it felt great. Um, it felt, and even regardless of the awards, just, even the all of all four film festivals that we went to pan african um film festival um you know abff the american black film festival and then the other two that you mentioned where we won detroit film festival as well as um the people's film festival in harlem all of those film festivals were great because you get to just watch people watch the film and see the real reactions people that don't know anything you know i'm in harlem like they don't yeah, they don't know me. They didn't. I don't have a bunch of people in the audience. So all the reactions are real reactions. And as a filmmaker, that's so important because I'm sitting there, you know, we're in the edit. We're sitting here in, in the office in the dark, just working on the edit. And we're doing 10, 15 different, you know, edits. And it's just, you know, a committee of, you know, basically two or three people trying to figure this out, going back and forth between, you know, me and the editor or maybe a producer. So you know, we don't know what the world thinks. We don't know if this scene was funny or if this scene was too dark or if this scene was stupid or, you know what I mean? Like we're just going off of our own, our own input and it's just us. And, you know, sometimes you get caught up in, in the story and you need an outside person to come in and, and say, oh, that looks great or, oh, that looks terrible. So in this case, for the most part, I think it played pretty well. So I just enjoy I just enjoy people enjoying the film that I created in a dark room, you know what I mean, at three in the morning. <laughs> uh, you mentioned, you know, being in Harlem and people may not know you or whatever, but if people are fans of hip hop, uh, they've undoubtedly seen your work because earlier in your career, you were known and, and you've worked with some of the biggest hip hop acts on the planet in the shooting of music videos. I mean, you've worked with E-40, Tyga. Kendrick Lamar, Rick Ross, and and dozens of other well-known, uh, you know, world-class, internationally known hip-hop artists. Um, sitting here today, as Damon sits here today, uh, how does it feel to know that you have had a major influence on hip-hop culture uh, and helped shape the perception of hip-hop literally around the world? Oh, man, I don't know if I can take credit for all that. That is a huge, that is a huge... Uh... <laughs> That's a, that a huge power that you just put. Like I, I read Thanos off the names, glove. man. I, I, don't I read know the if names. I have the Thanos glove. I read the names off. I read the names um, of the but, artists, uh, man. Yeah, I mean, I just you know, I, I as a, I'm really, I've always been a filmmaker, and even if it's shooting a three or four minute music video, to me, it was always a film, always. Like that's how I always approach it. I didn't go to film school or anything. I just picked up a camera and just started shooting, and it just happened to work out where a couple artists saw my vision. And then that led to the next artist and the next artist. And, you know, I shot, you know, hundreds of music videos. I shot like somewhere around like 400 music videos in my career. And um, but I always approached it as a film. Like I literally always looked at it as film school. You know, it was always a learning process and it was always had fun with it or I usually had fun with it. <laughs> and um, so, 
I mean, it just, it feels great. I mean, it feels great to like, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, like shooting videos for E-40. Like I grew up on E-40's music, shooting videos for Too Short. Like I grew up on him, you know, all those guys. Um, it's, 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 you know, you know, it, it, when you get to, you know, you're finally meeting the artists that you grew up listening to and now you're working with them and directing them and creating these, you know, Kendrick Lamar. Even, I mean, I didn't grow up with Kendrick Lamar because he's, you know, he's in, he's in my same generation, basically. But um, yeah, it's just it's just really it's just really cool to, you know, to be a fan of somebody's music and then work with them and then get paid for it. And then you're essentially I mean, pretty much all the videos I do I've, I've done in my career have been like the artist sends me a song and they're like, go crazy, figure it out. Mm -hmm. Tell me, you know, tell me what you want. So I just get to literally just craft. I usually put like two different treatments together. Um, I have like, you know, what people expect. And then I have like, well, let's go all the way left field with it. Cause you never know. Some artists don't want to go to left field with it, but at the same time you got to present that cause you never know. So, you know, I just get to create, I'll hear a song and I'll just create, create a storyline. And, um, you know, and it, it's just fun, man. It, you know, and it's obviously music videos are just, it's, a you know, it's faster. Like you can shoot a music video in a day or two. And then, in a, you know, two weeks later, it comes out as opposed to a film. Like I said, we shot this right before the pandemic. And here we are, you know, <laughs> three and a half, four years later talking about it. Like, man, this is a, <laughs> it's a process. So, but yeah, music videos, commercials, it's just fast and fun. So I, I've always enjoyed it. You know, I, you know, I grew up on hip hop. So to be able to create, you know, create these little three minute films in hip hop that hopefully because of YouTube will be around forever. It feels great. I'm, I'm immortalized. I can never die. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned being from the Bay Area. You're born in Berkeley, raised in Oakland. Uh, I've talked to a lot of other people on the show who are from Oakland. There's something about Oakland that just um, there's a culture and there's a a, a, a way of, of a vision from Oakland. So tell me about how Oakland's culture and history uh, has shaped your work as an artist. Oh, man. I mean, Oakland is like is, is the land of hustlers, man. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, Oakland is especially in the music business. You know, it, it's like. You know, I mean, it, it goes back to, you know, too short selling, selling, you know, selling, selling records out of his trunk. Like, literally, I mean, yeah, we, we come from a it's a very creative place and it's a place where we feel like we got to just do it ourselves. Nobody's there's no outside big investors that are going to come in and, and change our lives. We got to take this money, press up this tape, press up this film. You know, I mean, that's how I started. Literally, like, I, you know. I wasn't, I pressed up DVDs and, um, you know, we had them in all the Rasputins. I did, uh, like these hip hop DVDs. I did little documentaries and, um, and we would just, we would get them in. There was at the time, there was like 10 different Rasputins all through the Bay area in Northern California. And we would just put them out and go collect our checks, you know, every couple of weeks. And that's what it is. That's just, you just learn to be a hustler and you learn to, um, not wait on anybody that's 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 what oakland is we're not waiting on anybody we're we're gonna take it we're gonna we're gonna go all the way there with it and you if you like it or don't like it it doesn't matter we're not gonna stop until we succeed period um you also have a successful production company so tell me about in your face filmworks tell me how that started uh in your face filmworks started um 
just as a result of, like I said, you know, same same thing, just having to do it on your own. I mean, there was no big production company that was going to come in and hire me as a director. I created my job as a director. I just picked up a camera and I started directing. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew that um, I knew the result that I needed. I knew that artists want, you know, I, I started off doing, like I said, like documentaries. And then that led to artists asking me about music videos. Hey, do you do music videos? And I don't, I didn't at the time. So, um, and really it's, it's a, you know, honestly what happened is I wound up, I got a camera that got stolen out of my car and I weren't, I wasn't shooting music videos because the camera that I was using was just kind of like, eh, like it was cool for documentaries, but it wasn't like anything you want to see on MTV, you know? So the camera got stolen and then I was forced to upgrade. So when I was, when I finally, when I upgraded my camera, I already had artists asking me, I would turn them down. Cause I'm like, I'm not ready. Like, I don't want my name appearing on something that's substandard. So let me just keep doing my craft until I get better, till my production gets better. But yeah, I mean, I just upgraded my camera and then started shooting music videos. And that led to just me buying more equipment. You know, as I would take that money and reinvest, I would go buy some more lights. I would go buy a better computer. I would go buy more RAM for that computer. I would go, you know, upgrade the software on all that stuff. And as I started accumulating software and hardware, it turned into a company. And um, yeah, and then, you know, I mean, we started literally with nothing and it just started accumulating stuff and to the point to now where we, our company can produce, you know, feature films and uh, it's a beautiful thing. It feels great, you know. Um, As a, now, you know, you're in a part of your career where you had success and, you know, you have a, a business and, and you've done it. Um, What advice would you give to new filmmakers who may be starting their careers? Uh, and maybe what are a couple of the lessons you learned along the way about filmmaking um it's tough i don't know it's a different time right now you know i started in 07 07 was when we started um so you know it's been a long road um and i've learned every year every project honestly the advice is you gotta shoot you gotta write something and you gotta shoot it whatever it is and you gotta do that all the time you have to every week you need to be perfecting your craft you need to be um either writing or shooting or you know reading a uh, maybe a, a script that um of a movie that you saw a long time ago before you were even interested in filmmakers filmmaking just read a script and then watch that movie again with the eye of a filmmaker um that's important um you know i even took uh i took some acting classes just to be a better director you know i i, I spent a spent a little bit over a year um, studying uh, Meisner, um, you know, and, and just being surrounded by actors just to learn that language. And, and, you know, you just you have to continuously practice your craft. Um, you can't stop and you can't you don't wait for anybody. Just get it done. So um, if you do that, you'll be an overnight success, you know, a decade later. <laughs> um, as we uh, I got a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. Um what do you want people to walk away from after seeing survival? Um, I want them to walk away. And first of all, I want them to be entertained. I want them to feel like what they just saw was, was quality entertainment and intense. And I want them to have to rewatch it. I want them to have to feel like, you know, there's some things that they need to rewatch to get a better understanding of, because there's, like I said, I planted 
you know, there's there's different things in there that I planted for people and you might not necessarily catch everything on the first viewing. So um, but I want them, you know, I mean, I created the film for for people to enjoy. So even though there's a lot of dark moments, um, you know, there's some light moments and there's some dark comedy in there as well. But, you know, there's some redemption in the end. And, um, you know, an interesting, an interesting thing about this film that I that I um, that I put in there at the time. Um, I was I was looking to create there, there's there's a um, if you see in the trailer that there's a um, there's a word in there that a lot of people might not know that the, um, that the little girl says she says we learned about Alavanca today. And Alavanca is a Portuguese word um, that basically means like leverage. And it's something that I learned um, uh, in writing this film. Um, it's a it's it's a term that's used in jujitsu. All right. And so Alavanca is using leverage. And a lot of times it's it's perceived as, um, you know, the physical leverage, like the whole point in jujitsu is a smaller person can, you know, control and submit a larger person. And but that doesn't go on a, just a physical level that goes on a on a mental level as well. So, you know, our character, Tally Fruget, um, she employs in the movie, she's going to employ Alavanca and she learns to use the leverage in order for her to get control in this situation where she's the you know, she's the more submissive person. And, you know, you got the big bad guy, Dax Gas. You know, he's dominant, but using Alavanca, you can switch those roles and come out on top. So um, I think that that's an important lesson. That's kind of a life lesson, you know, obviously. And, and as a as a result, I actually at the time I wasn't, you know, I was just studying it just, you know, on a on a um, on an intellectual level. But I've, I actually started doing jujitsu like this over this past year. And um, and it's great. You know what I mean? And so now I'm really learning the physical parts of that as well so this movie took me to a whole nother part of my life that i didn't expect i'm over here training jujitsu three times a week you know going to competitions <laughs> matter of fact i just got a silver this this past uh this past weekend so that was cool That's but cool. um but yeah man it's um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of lessons in there so i, I want people to pay attention and and you know while you're being entertained know that i'm gonna make sure you learn something <laughs> we're gonna learn something today you'll learn today man mm -hmm. uh final wrap-up question so what's next uh this project you know obviously starts streaming on monday september 25th but what's next for damon jamal um i don't know if i really talk about it right now edric but breaking news. i have a project <laughs> that i'm very excited about that's in development right now obviously there's a writers and a correct i got gotcha. actor strike which is uh definitely gotcha. causing some issues understood <laughs> understood this, even in the indie world in this indie hollywood world that i live in it's 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 some issues but um i i do have i do have another thriller that i'm working on right now and hopefully in the next few months you know you know maybe i can come back on the show and we absolutely can talk about it and I, I could tell you more but it, it's yeah i i think um i've kind of i've kind of found my genre you know as i've traveled through all these different genres from documentaries to music videos to commercials to dramas to i did a hip-hop musical you know thriller is 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 
probably where my heart is most excited at right now. Until I can, until I can get my good sci-fi slash fantasy budgets that I want, you know, I think thriller is the world that I want to live in. And, you know, and I'm trying to create these stories, especially now with, with, um, you know, streaming media, uh, you know, just streaming services, like, you got to grab people quick because they're 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 going to click off like they're going to. OK, they start watching my movie on Amazon and 10 minutes go by. If they start getting bored, they're going to go watch something else. There's just too much competition. There's too many other great TV shows. There's too many other great movies. So my thing now is I got to grab you in the first five to 10 minutes. So survival, I we grab you in, in the first five minutes and you're stuck. You're not going anywhere like for sure. <laughs> so that's 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 where I'm going to take it. You know, at least for the foreseeable future, for the next few years, I'm trying to create these uh, these films that just grab you and rope you in and you can't go anywhere. You're stuck for the for the next 90 minutes or more. Well, Damon, uh, if people want more information about you or your production company, uh, where can they go? Um, you can go to inyourfacefilm.com, I-N-Y-O-F-A-C-E-F-I-L-M.com. You can find me all over social media at, at, at Damon Jamal. Um, also check out, um, um, check out, um, 195 media who, um, helped produce this film. Um, and, uh, our, exa- oh, I, I gotta give a quick shout out before we leave. I have to sure, give a shout out to, um, uh, my executive producer, Leah Daniels Butler and Henry Butler. Um, Leah Daniels is a famous, uh, casting director. You know, she did empire for many years she just did the um recently she did the uh, white man can't jump that's on hulu um she did the coming to america that's on amazon and um yeah i wouldn't have you know wouldn't have uh they they helped create this opportunity for us to to have this film so i definitely big shout out to uh to leah and black for making this happen and um you know it's it's a uh, you know it was a rocky road but it's it's feeling good right now so i think I think we're in a good place to to do more in the future. Awesome. Well, Damon, congratulations on the film. Once again, let me give the particulars. The film is Survival, starting, starring Elise Neal, Demetrius Gross, and Dylan McNamara. It will uh, debut online on Monday, September 25th on Prime Video and Apple Plus and Google TV. Uh, Damon, continued success. Thank you so much for coming on The Edric Show. I really appreciate your time. I really enjoyed our conversation. And when you're able, maybe you can come back and we can talk about your next project. Absolutely. I can't wait. I'm excited. (laughs) Really appreciate that. Thank you so much, sir. All right. Appreciate you. Have a great day. You too. This has been another edition of The Edric Show. As promised, intelligent conversation with interesting people. I am your host, Edric Jerome. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button and I will catch you on the next episode.